0: What do you know about the Bible? What if I told you most of what your preacher, your pastor, your reverend, your priest has told you isn't even the whole story? What if I told you that the Bible was supernatural and that everything around you, all the supernatural things you've heard of, the cryptids, the demons, Ghosts, all that's real. The aliens, UFOs, all that's in the Bible. Did you know that? No, most people don't. So, most people should listen and learn. Today we have Ed Mabry coming on the show, and he's going to share with you some of the things that other preachers and other reverends are afraid to. So hang around. And learn something.
1: It was tall. It has some silhouette of a human, a very, very, very big human being. My sister was terrified because we knew it was not man. Nothing could be that day. I think it was Bigfoot, Sasquatch. Uh, I know there's something out there. There's a newer theory about Bigfoot that instead
0: of being encrypted here,
1: he is an interdimensional creature. Disappeared in thin air. It was being so hard that it actually shook the wall. I could hear something walking, but I couldn't see anything. I was afraid that whatever was in the woods was coming closer to my house. In Louisiana, a the screw is a but that's the devil's world right there. Was really around us, you know. Like I said, I, I believed before, but now I know that they exist. They're there in the woods with us. Imagine having something happen to you that's life-changing and you can't tell anybody and expect them to believe you a hundred percent. And she
0: you will see that's unexplainable. Made me realize that you know we're not alone. We're not alone. Welcome everybody back to Cryptids Unlimited podcast, and today I have Mr. Ed Mabry on here with me. He's going to talk to you about some stuff you probably never heard of, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I will let him introduce himself and let him go into what he whatever he feels like talking about.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We'll see how, where the conversation goes. Um, so yeah, my name is Ed Mabry. Um, I am a researcher, a truth seeker, and a Christian, uh, in that order, because I, I think that the first two will lead you to the third. That is, you know, my opinion as someone who follows the Judeo-Christian philosophy. And, um, my website is faithbyreason.net, not.com.net. And, um, as the name implies, I, I, I don't believe that there's, is, is a divorce between faith true faith and i mean logical reasonable faith and reason i because everyone uses faith you know no matter what you do unless you know everything then you're operating to some degree by faith and i believe in reasonable faith not blind faith and i believe that the judeo-christian bible the judeo-christian philosophy actually purports and uh, relies on that type of reasonable faith and in addition to my website you can also find me on my youtube channel which is the same faith by reason um and you can also have a rumble channel that i have started a few months ago and so and on my youtube channel i'm actually doing i'm finishing up a series on the book of revelation where i just do a really deep dive into all that fun craziness of the book of revelation i, I i'm up to like i think episode 56 so I, and i think i'll be 60 by the time i'm done because i I've, I've just finished my series on hell I'm going to wrap it up with oh a my series heaven. I haven't
0: looked at that one yet. I did listen to the revelation though. And it's really good. It's really Thank informative. Yeah. yeah.
2: So, yeah. So that's my whole thing is that, you know, I've been on a journey my entire life. You know, I was raised Christian, but I I was also born with a, a very inquisitive mind. Um, I always asked why, why do, why did these things happen? Why, why do we exist? And, you know, my parents would have told you my first words were why and and i brought that even to my religious beliefs my faith beliefs and i would you know just pester the pastors of my churches and the deacons and everyone else asking why why did god flood the earth why were why was jesus born of a virgin you know why do these why do all these things happen and i got some answers but most of the time i just i was just told hey you know what you you can't question god and so i just grew up not questioning god because i didn't want to offend god then you know you get to college and if you go to (laughs) Any kind of secular college, you, you're gonna have your faith and beliefs challenged. I did. I didn't know how to defend my faith. I didn't really know the why behind what I believed and I got wrecked by it. But but that led me on a journey to really understand my faith. So I I kind of stepped away from my faith. I wanted to understand things objectively. And that's when I started getting into the truther world and the conspiracy world and writing out about things like cryptids and just exploring everything because I just wanted to know what's true. You know, I knew that there was a creator because the evolutionary paradigm is, is is so nonsensical. I mean, the idea that life comes from non-life and that, you know, a hundred trillion beneficial accidents happened in a row to make us, that made no sense to me whatsoever. So That's not even idea.
0: scientifically. No,
2: oh, yeah, it's, it's anti-science, actually. <laughs> right. You can't prove it. It's not empirical. You know, empirical science means you can either observe it in nature or recreate it in a controlled setting. You can't do any of those things with evolution. So you believe it based on faith which is your right as an American, as a free citizen, you can believe whatever you want to believe, but don't tell me it's science, it's faith. So anyway, just to to wrap up my my origin story, um, again, I I believed in God, but I I wasn't sure about what people said about God and the Bible and spirituality and and all these these crazy things that happen in our world. Um, But eventually I realized that, you know, through my research, that not only does, not only can God be known, I think he wants to be known. And not only can the Bible be understood, I think it was written for us to understand it. And, and so my whole thing is helping my fellow believers and even unbelievers, if I have no problem, I have many uh, people who listen to my podcast and my shows who, who don't believe in God, but they're just fascinated by learning more information. And I, I appreciate that. But it's my, my goal is to help Christians understand why their faith, what they believe actually makes sense in practical, logical, reasonable and scientific terms even though we talk about a whole bunch of really crazy stuff in this, in yes. the spiritual realm is, is so interesting. It's so odd, but I, I like to try to make it make sense.
0: Yeah. And I'm like you, I've listened to a lot of your um, lectures and things, and I'm like you, the Bible says something, take it for what it says. Don't try to turn it into something to make it fit what you believe, Right. read it as it is.
2: Yeah. I think people want to be comfortable with the Bible and that's, that, that, that's not what it's there for. It, it's there to help. Here's the thing. My opinion of the Bible, I think it differs from, uh, from what most people, including Christians, see the Bible as. Uh, you think if you ask a person what the Bible is, they'll probably tell you something like it's, it's a guide to life. It's, it tells you how to live or they'll say, it, or they treat it like a, they treat it like a textbook where, okay, mm-hmm. I want to know about faith. So I'll go to the chapter on faith, you know, say, say, you know, mm-hmm. Hebrews 13, or I want to know about love. Okay. Well, I'll go to the love. I'll go to, to Corinthians 13, or, you know, I want to know about creation, I'll go, but that's not what it's intended to be. Cause if it was, it does a very poor job of it because the Bible is not a comprehensive overview of the entire world. If you look at it, I mean, it, it starts in, in the beginning, what starts with the creation of the physical universe, but then halfway through the first book of Genesis, it, narrow it, fo- it focuses on a very narrow strip of land in the Mediterranean we call it Israel and spends 95% of its time about talking about people in that area not mm-hmm. so so the whole world most of the world isn't even mentioned in 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 the bible so the bible's purpose is to help us know who our creator is and it does that by the, the same way we can know who who we are or, or get to know someone else if i wanted to get to know you Lisa, I don't want to hear a bunch of facts about you. I mean, about, you know, where you live, how you grew up, what your GPA was in school. That doesn't tell me about you. Your stories tell me about you. You tell me a story right. about, you know, your family. Tell me a story about your mom and your dad. Tell me a story about how you grew up, your first crush, things like that. That That's how I get to know you through your stories. The Bible is meant to help us get to know the God of the Bible, who I call Jehovah, Yahweh, Yah, however you want to uh, pronounce it by giving you a set of stories that give you insight into his character so that you can know who he is. So even if you don't know everything, you can know the character of God. And that is kind of your, your touch point. So that, you know, for example, if someone were to say something about God that you know isn't true based on you knowing him, then you can you can suss it out and know that, well, that's not, that's not God's character.
0: Yeah. Same thing with, exactly. with you.
2: Lisa, if someone were to come to you and say something that's completely false and say, you know what, Lisa, you know, Lisa believes this. I'm like, well, no, no, I know Lisa. So I know that what you're saying about her isn't true. So that's how you know what's true and what's not true by knowing. By actually knowing.
0: Right. 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 And, you know, growing up, I was always taught, you know, different things about the Bible, but most preachers won't go into the supernatural aspects of the Bible. Makes them uncomfortable. That's it. Does it makes them uncomfortable, and it really doesn't do any justice for the Bible because being able to understand it, you have to read those supernatural aspects into it because they're real. You know, the supernatural is real. It's out there.
2: Not only is and, it out there. Not only is it. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Finish. Go,
0: ahead, go finish no. Yourself. Go ahead. I'm just go ahead.
2: Yeah, I would say not only I'm gonna. I'll go even above and beyond with you. What you said, I will go even bolder. Not only is the supernatural real, I would say that the supernatural world is more real, quote unquote real, than what we consider the physical world. And I do not believe that you can ever fully understand the Bible, if that's your goal. You, can't, you cannot understand it if you don't understand the, the significance of the spiritual realm. If you leave out the, the spiritual, you are missing conservatively 85% of the Bible. And like you said, unfortunately, that is what most people who call themselves Christians—they miss that. They focus on the physical. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you listen to you know pastors on TV, which I, I don't recommend you do, by the way, because I think most of these TV preachers <laughs> are, are, are heretics. They're saying yeah. things that are completely. I actually honestly think many of them are atheists because if, if you believe there was God, then you wouldn't intentionally misrepresent Him.
0: I and mean, it's if you were, all about money. It's about money. Oh, yeah. it's, it's all about money.
2: It. Yeah, I mean, if you thought there was a one percent chance there was a God, then why would you take the chance of being wrong and going to eternal punishment just so you can get like a Mercedes or a, a, a yeah. jet or something, whatever? Anyway, but if you listen to these preachers, all they ever talk about is is physical stuff: how to get more money, how to get a husband or wife, how to. And why you, know, you get should get them house.
0: money? Yeah. Yeah. Right.
2: Right. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. You know, I'm happily married. You know, I love my wife and I'm, I'm thankful for her. I love my children. I love my home. And, but that's not what the Bible's about. The Bible is not a, your, your, your key to, to getting stuff. In fact, it's the opposite. Most of the time people in the Bible got in trouble is when they were pursuing stuff over the spiritual.
0: And I can tell you right now, God would rather you find that person starving on the street and give money to them than to give it to some big church somewhere
2: uh, you are you're you're i'm with you i would say if you if you go to one of these churches or, or give one of these ministries or say you know if you have you have to give money to me in order to god to bless you i would say well well how about this preachers how about i give my money to the poor wouldn't yeah. that be more useful than give my money giving my money to you so you can pay the bills in your mansion if
0: yeah. they
2: object to that then i would seriously doubt that they were actually representing god because, you know, Jesus himself said, well, actually, it's in the New Testament, New Testament, it's actually the Apostle Paul, he said, that true religion is this, those who give of themselves to the widows and to orphans. Those are two people, two groups who cannot, who in, in that time, at least, could not take care of themselves. So true religion is giving to those who can't give back to you.
0: Because expecting in, in that nothing time, in return. Oh, right. That's
2: what love is. Love is getting without giving, excuse me, without getting anything in return. That's how you truly yes. show your love. Because if yes. I, if they can pay you back, then it's not really it's not charity.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I, I I'm I'm with you there. And I've listened to your um a lot of your lectures and mm-hmm. I'm I am waiting on you to do one on Ezekiel. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh,
2: you know what? I, I love Ezekiel. What, what part do you want? When you want to focus on?
0: I don't know. Let's focus on the funny crafts and the the flying uh, <laughs> fire chariots and.
2: <laughs> yes. So yeah, so that that's all about the spiritual realm because we have these ideas right. of, of of the we, we call them angels. I don't like using mm-hmm. that term because angel is just from the Greek word angelos, which means messenger, and that, right. that's that's a job title. All, not all of these spiritual beings were messengers. Not many that were encountered in the Bible were called angels, angelos, because they were delivering messages. That was a that was their brief job description. But what we should really call them is Elohim. Now, unfortunately, the, the our English Bibles translate the word Elohim as God, G O D.
0: Yeah, but and it's
2: plural. It's plural. <laughs> yes, yes. When you, when you add an I am to a Hebrew word, it means it's plural. So Elohim yeah. does not mean. The God, the father, Jehovah, Yahweh, Yahuwah, Elohim is, is a title of residency. If you reside, if your citizenship is in the spiritual realm, you are an Elohim. If your residency is in the material world, you're you're called man. So it's not a, so the entity we call Jehovah. That's why I would like to call him Jehovah because Jehovah is an Elohim because he resides in that realm, but that's not his name.
0: Right. His name
2: is again uh, Yahweh. You know the Y H W H, and we have to you know trans transliterate the the vowel. Say that, so that you know.
0: some way. That...
2: Yeah, <laughs> it's tough for us it. to say. We yeah,
0: yeah, we can't it's sound easy. it out. <laughs> it
2: so Jehovah, which is the, the 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 German transliteration, is the one I use just because it's easier to pronounce. I don't prefer over 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 one over the other. But so back to Ezekiel, when he was describing these Elohim, what we call angels we have to get this picture out of our head from the medieval paintings, the medieval and Renaissance paintings of Elohim of angels as having white robes and big bird wings and halos, all that stuff is that, that's artistic expression. And it comes from various sources, which, you know, we can talk about at some point if we want to, but the point is, that's not how they're described in the Bible in the Bible. So now, in the Bible it describes angels in two sets of ways or the Elohim in two sets of ways when they manifest themselves on our material plane in order to interact with human beings they they always look like men and it'll the Bible will clearly say you know I the man he I, I saw the man Gabriel or I saw the man Michael they come to us to looking like men so they don't scare us and they still do like every time someone yeah. encounters one of these beings in the Bible they fall flat on their face. They pass out. You know, they you know, we can't stay, we can't be in the presence of that level of solidity. And I think and they I always really... say,
0: "Please don't fear me, or don't yeah. or yeah. fear yeah. not." <laughs> you know,
2: <laughs> you're absolutely right, Lisa. The first thing they have to say is, "Don't be afraid." Why? Because as soon as they appear, we we are scared stiff of them because again, their substance is more than ours we have this thing and i i will complete my thought about angels and i want to talk about the substance of angels because we have the we have things completely flipped as far as our perspective on our material world versus the spiritual world so when they when they manifest to us they appear as men so that they don't scare us too badly but when they're in their own realm the elohim realm the spiritual realm they don't look like men they look ezekiel described them as like a wheel in a wheel, covered with eyes. You know, there are other um, Elohim called seraphim. The seraphim are, said no, these are the only group of Elohim in the Bible that are said to have wings. But it doesn't say they have big bird wings. It says they have six wings. They had like six
0: wings, yeah. I I thought they had six wings.
2: They had six wings and they were on fire. They were made of fire and they were reptilian. It's because we know that because the term seraph, seraphim comes from the, the singular seraph, is a word for a serpentine, a snake-like being. So there is this class of of, of angels of Elohim that are actually fiery-winged serpents.
0: That would be would scary we, to see.
2: It would be scary <laughs> to see, but we have a name in our vernacular for when we see a, a, a big, fiery-winged serpent. We call it a dragon. yes. Which which tells me that the entity we refer to as Satan, you know, the devil, he's also called a dragon in the book of Revelation. I talk about mm-hmm. that in my revelation series. So and I believe that he was the because you know he he had a high position before he fell. Right. And and so and he was he was he was one of the cherubim. The cherubim were the the highest created um angelic or Elohim beings, and they they appeared to be. Over certain aspects aspects of creation, the way they're described in Revelation, they have four, like a see, certain
0: yeah. anarchy within their own, don't yes. they? I mean, that's what I've that's what I've come to understand that there's a certain level of certain higher power amongst the angels themselves.
2: There are, yeah. Well, because our God is a God of order; He doesn't just do things randomly. So He's obvious at the top. He, he and I believe God is triune. You know father son holy spirit he's one god with it's expressed in three persons because all three have the nature of god the father yeah you uh uh yahweh has a nature has a nature of always and completely right and jest so does the son jesus or yahushua in in um in hebrew and the holy spirit or the the, the ruach hakodesh in in um in hebrew all three are called god, god are called the most high because they all three have to share the same nature they're all all three of them are always and completely right and just but they have different personalities god the father yahweh has a different personality than god the son jesus yahushua and the, and and so does the holy spirit and that's a whole other thing we can if we, have, if we have if we have time we can get into that but the point is that they're they're at the top of the hierarchy then you have uh, cherubim and archangels I believe that the cherubim are the next level. There's some who argue that archangels are above them. No, I'm not going to fight them on that. But let's say that those are also two very high level cherubim and archangels, like Michael is an archangel. Yeah. Uh, according to the book of Enoch, which is not a part of the canon of the Bible, but I believe it should be because I think you're an, you won't understand the Bible. You won't understand Jesus casting out demons if you don't understand the book of Enoch. It was very highly read. Right during the time that Jesus was on earth, the 200 years. And it's mentioned
0: in the Bible itself, so yeah. It is, yeah.
2: The book of Jude, which is part of the canon, the the second to the last book of the Bible before Revelation, directly quotes from Enoch. Mm -hmm. Uh, The apostle Peter, who wrote the books right before Jude, he also uh, quotes from the book of Enoch. So Mm -hmm. I I think it's legitimate, but uh, the book of Enoch, you know, it talks about four archangels and four cherubim. So they are higher level um, angelic beings. But with the cherubim, we see that well, before that are still holy. One of them has a face like a man. One of them has a face like an ox or a cow. One of them looks like a lion. And the other is like a soaring eagle. It looks like they represent the four aspects of creation man, the one who has a face like a man, mm-hmm. the one who has a face like a lion seems to represent carnivores. The one with the face like a cow represents herbivores, and the one that looks like a bird, rep- looks, looks like an eagle, seems to represent avian or flying. Uh, or or uh-huh. you know, the bird, a the fowl. Eagle, you're missing Just call it fowl. A foul. So you're, you're you're missing one. There's reptilians, reptilians Amphabians and cold, reptilians, cold-blooded, yeah, skin. cold-blooded, scaly, and so. But we are missing one because you know that that Satan was cast out of heaven. Lucifer, the light bearer. He it called he's called the anointed cherubim. So he was the highest cherubim. He was the highest created being, and he was apparently over the reptilian, the cold-blooded, and scaly um, creatures of the earth. And he was cast out. Now, so there, so so back to the seraphim. He was probably over them. Now, not not all of the seraphim. Maybe some of the seraphim fell with him, but there are some still in heaven because we we see them in Isaiah and in Ezekiel that they're still holy seraphim. So, yeah. so some of them are still on God's on the on the side of Jehovah, but again, all that to say is that that's another aspect of these things beings we call angels who don't look like you know happy shiny feathery bird like white <laughs> right.
1: world people.
2: Yeah, and so I and they are scary, scary looking yeah. uh, entities, and we cannot be in their presence, let alone the presence no. of the Most High God.
0: And then when Satan fell, he took a third of the. Angels with him.
2: Yeah, that's the yeah that's the conclusion we get from uh, Revelation chapter twelve again. Which I do, I think I do a couple episodes on that one.
0: And they came down and procreated with man, right, and created Nephilim.
2: Yeah, so um, I would say I don't know if that necessarily happened chronologically, because let me talk a little bit about Revelation twelve, then we'll get to the Nephilim. Yeah, what I love about Revelation chapter twelve and thirteen, I think, because you know the, the the separations between chapters; those are man made. People right. just you know when they, people were transcribing the Bible, separated into chapters, make it easier to read. So those aren't divine. They do a pretty good job of separating them. So I'm not going to disparage chapter and verse. But there are some areas where I, I think a chapter ends too soon or too late, or or should be one thought. And I think Revelation chapter twelve and thirteen should be one. Anyway. What I love about Revelation chapter 12 is I think he gives us insight into how a God who is outside of our physical time, who who dwells in eternity, sees the world, sees our existence. Because in Revelation chapter 12, you're seeing the entire history of the world in a story. It starts with a woman clothed in the sun with the um, moon under her feet and 12 stars around her head. That's Israel. We see that in, in the book of Genesis. And then she's pregnant giving birth she gives birth to the man child called jesus but while she's giving birth there's a dragon there a fiery red dragon ready to devour her child but the child escapes it, it's caught up to heaven and while that's and while the it's this dragon is ready to devour her it has uh it, it has a, a its tail throws a third of the stars to from heaven to earth so this is all happening simultaneously this is a story yeah. that's happening all at once it's not happening a b c d in a linear fashion is all happening at once so if you're in eternity then there is no past present or future everything is happening it's not something happened, something will happen everything is in a process of happening and it's tough for us to wrap our minds around that because we are in mm-hmm. linear time past present and future but if you are eternal if you're outside of physical time then things are happening at once. That woman is Israel. She's also Mary giving birth to Jesus. she You can also say she's Eve, who's the mother of all. The dragon is the, from the, 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 the serpent, the so-called serpent or the which is the more proper term, which means a shining one in the garden of Eden. He's throwing the angels down to earth because he, he's, so it's, it's basically giving you all these symbols that gives you a full story. Mm-hmm. So what it means is that it implies that a third of the angels fell in, at some point, it could be at the very beginning. It could be progressively that by the time you get to Revelation, he's gotten a third of them. But but a third of angels have fallen. Okay. Now, getting getting to the 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 uh, the angels who fell in Genesis chapter six, and is amplified greatly in the book of Enoch. Uh, you have about two hundred of them. When, so I, that's why I believe that it may not have been chronological, but I because th- I think a third of the angelic hosts will be more than two hundred.
0: Yeah, I think I think it would be a lot more.
2: more. <laughs> right. So, but the Book of Enoch talks specifically about the two hundred um, Elohim who decided they wanted to procreate with women and create a hybrid beings called that that we refer, refer to as the Nephilim. That that's um, in Hebrew, they're, they're Nephilim. In in Greek, right. they're called Gigantes, which means the earthborn. It also means giants they did happen to be giants but gigantes actually just means earthborn so why did they do this if you look at what the definition of the word sin actually is sin is the origin of sin i believe is is when you want something or you or you pursue something that is outside of what jehovah intended for you let me back that up with the, the first sin. The first sin was um, Adam and Eve eating the forbidden fruit. Why did they eat the forbidden fruit? Well, because they were tempted by the Nakash, which again, it can mean serpent if it's used as a noun. But it, but in this case, Nakash is used as a proper title in Genesis chapter 3. So nahash means the shining one. So Adam and Eve were not talking to a snake, <laughs> they were talking to a shining, luminescent being, they were talking to an Elohim the Elohim that we refer to as Lucifer, the light, light bearer, um, shining one, it's the same thing. They were talking to an angelic being. And what did he say, tell them? He says, if you eat of this, you will be like the Elohim. You will be like the gods. That's not what they were intended to be. They were intended mm-hmm. to be humans, but they, so they wanted more than what God allotted them. And that's what le- led them to, to fall. These Elohim, these angels who came down and procreated with women, why did they do that? Because they wanted something more than they were allotted, they wanted what Jehovah had. What did He have? He had us. Jehovah created m- human beings. Human beings were, we're, were we are part physical and we're part spiritual. You know, you notice that when in in the Genesis narrative, in, in I'm sorry, in the creation narrative of Genesis one and two, see that God speaks the material world into existence. He says, "Let there be." And then there is, let Mm -hmm. there be light, let there be, you know, mountains and trees and fish and birds and so forth and so on. But he doesn't speak man into existence. He forms man in Genesis chapter two. He forms man out of the dust of the earth, which is basically what we're made of, you know, with Mm -hmm. dust, which is, you know, hydrogen, nitrogen, carbon, all the things that that make up our body is we're basically dirt. And then it said he breathed into him the breath or the or the of life. He breathed. He put a spirit into this material form so what human beings are we are part physical and we're part spiritual we are spiritual beings inhabiting these flesh bodies and when we die or raptured if you want we can talk about the rapture that's that's a whole other subject (laughs) that would take a whole hour to get into and i i I talk about it quite a bit on faith by reason but at some point we'll we'll lose these bodies but our spirits are eternal because the spiritual realm is eternal these fallen angels, these fallen Elohim, they wanted that too. They said, look, well, Jehovah made these, these hybrids, these spiritual, physical hybrids. We want the same thing. We want that as well. So they looked at women. And in, if you, if you read the English translation of the uh, the, the third, of ch- uh, excuse me, the sixth chapter of Genesis, it'll say that these, the sons of God, the Benihah Elohim, which is a title of angels of, of Elohim, they said they they saw that the that the sons of the Benoth Adam the daughters of Adam were fair. Well, that word fair and sometimes it'll be translated as beautiful. It it wasn't that because they were good looking. It, the actual translation is they saw that they were fit extensions. They looked at women and said, you know what? We if we become part of the of the material world, we can procreate with them. They had the ability to see far more. They had, their perceptions were much better than ours. And they could see, you know what, we have the ability, we can become material, we can enter this world, and we can procreate with them. We have the ability. They are fit extensions. And and if we do this, they'll produce offspring for us that are part physical and part spiritual. And that's what the Nephilim Mm -hmm. were.
0: Yes. And that's why why the flood came, not because... We sinned and God said, oh they're all so sinful I'm gonna kill them all out right <laughs> He yeah, actually it brought it about to to actually to save us.
2: Thank you for bringing that up. I say that all the time. if, if God <laughs> just judged us for being bad, he'd have to flood the world what every 70 years because we always screw up had nothing Absolutely. to do with God committing, with God committing genocide against human humanity. That's not what he does. He did that because he was trying to cleanse the gene pool. Of these entities that were never meant to be, the Nephilim were not part of God's plan, and it's strongly implied that Noah and his family, his three sons, his wife, his three sons, and their and his three sons' wives may have been the only pure humans left on Earth after about a thousand plus years of the Nephilim. They were almost wiped out humanity because again, you have to go to the Book of Enoch to get this amplified. Mm-hmm. But it said that the, the Nephilim, they were giants, they were huge and they were supernatural. They they uh, we don't really know what they look like. It just said that they were even Genesis six says they were the mighty men, the gibberim of old, the men of renown. They were legendary yes. figures. That's where we get all of these legends of, you know, the Greek gods and Greek demigods and, uh, you know, the Roman gods and yes. Egyptian, look at some of the Egyptian paintings, They have like people who with the heads of dogs. And the bodies mm-hmm. of cows, so we so yeah. we don't really know what the nephilim looked like, but they were pretty strange. They were probably very strange looking entities. But the Book of Enoch says that first they started eating all the produce of man. You know, there was an, an agrarian society, so they were growing food. They ate all of that because they were so huge. And, yeah. and then Enoch says that once they got once they were done eating all the produce of man, they started eating humans. And then then when they were running out of humans, they started devouring each other. Yeah. So. It says in in, in Genesis chapter six that Noah was a just man, a justified man and perfect in his generations. That term perfect means unblemished. So so it it appears it's contrasting Noah with the rest of humanity. So it's strongly implied here that Noah might've been the only pure, in his family were the only pure humans left. So God had to wipe the world out.
0: Yeah, he had to make way for Jesus to be born. Right. yeah and was, in order to yeah in order for that to happen the nephilim had to go <laughs> they
2: had to it, it was one because they were about to basically wipe out humanity which again mm-hmm. would have would, would have basically like you said it, it would it would have um destroyed god's plan of bringing a redeemer which he predicted you know the first um the first prophecy of jesus is is uh, genesis chapter 3 when when jehovah says to eve you know he says to the to the serpent to the Nachash the seed of the woman will crush the head of the Nakash. So Jesus, so God was saying that there will be an offspring of Eve who will be the ultimate person who conquers the Nakash and, and, and brings things back to the where they should be.
0: Right. So I think,
2: yeah. So, and if the Nephilim had won, if they had wiped out all humanity, well then that, <laughs> that prophecy couldn't happen. So God had to wipe them out.
0: Now he also says in there, um, That like it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the end times.
2: Absolutely. So do
0: you think the Nephilim will make a comeback?
2: I think they never went away completely. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me rephrase that. I do believe there's some people who believe that some Nephilim survived the flood. I tend not to believe that for a couple of reasons. One, if the Nephilim survived the flood, then God failed. And I Mm -hmm. don't believe that God can fail. I don't believe he he failed. (laughs) But, but it also says, but it does say in Genesis chapter six that there were nephilim on the earth, and again, this is Moses pinning this, you know, a couple about fifteen hundred years after, or actually more about two thousand mm-hmm. years after. So he said, so he said, there were nephilim on the earth in those days, and also after that. So after yes. the days of November, there were nephilim. When the sons of God, but Iha Elohim, came into the daughters of women, came, came into the to the uh, up, up into the daughters of Adam. Excuse me. So that word when can also be whenever if, in the vernacular. So it could be translated that there were Nephilim on the earth in those days. And also after that, whenever the Elohim came into the, you know, procreated with the daughters of men. So it could happen again. And I believe it did happen again. We know that because there were Nephilim in the promised land. Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah, you remember that? You know, there were the the story about the twelve spies. You know, the, the ten. Yes. The, yeah, the, the, the ten spies. The two, um, Joshua and Caleb, were like, okay, let's go in there and let's go get them. Let's go conquer the land. The other ten was like, we can't go in there. They're they're Nephilim in the land, so they were Nephilim after that. So getting. And to it, we are we are
0: grasshoppers in their sight. I remember. Yes,
2: exactly. <laughs> remember that? that they were. Yeah, they were probably exaggerating <laughs> a little bit, but they were probably some big tough dudes. <laughs> they I probably, probably felt
0: like they were though, you know.
2: Yeah, yeah. they probably felt like. They were big, they were, you know, and, and we, and, you know, there, there's, there's stories about that, the Nephilim after the flood were smaller than the Nephilim pre-flood. And there's some reasons behind that. I think the e- ecology of the earth changed. I think the speed of light dramatically slowed down. And that's a huge point that we may have time to get into, but I want to address what you were saying. And Jesus said at the, um, and in, in the days of some of man will, will be like the days of the son of man will be like the days of Noah and that doesn't just mean that people will be behaving badly if you were a a believing jew in the first century the days of noah means one thing it means a nephilim Mm -hmm. i believe that the nephilim will be making a return in mass i think they're still around in certain ways i think a lot of them are underground if you listen to or, or read the books of people like steve quayle um and um oh he just passed away and i'm forgetting his name now but he was steve Quayle's partner um Oh my God. I remember, I'll remember his name. Is at some point soon, <laughs> but um, he he talks about how he has books about how people have gone into some of these deep underground bases, and they found Nephilim, like giant redheaded uh, people there, in, entities there. You know, there are Nephilim mounds here in the United States, um, in yeah. Ohio, for example. Tom Horn, that's his name. Tom Horn and Steve Quayle we read some of their work. They talk about it. Uh, the late Russ Dizdar, he talked. He did. Um, he, he was someone who cast out demons from a lot of people, and he was really he was really um, uh, in, into the spiritual realm. He talked about how you know, the Native American, indigenous people here in this country, all had stories from the past 200 years about Nephilim, about giants. So I think they they're still around. They're just hidden. So when do they come out? I believe this happens in what in what's called the the the, uh, the fourth seal. When the fourth seal is broken in revelation, chapter six, the first four seals are, are broken of the, uh, of the scroll that Jesus is given in, 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 um, in, in, revelation, chapter five and revelation, chapter five, let me just back up. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself in revelation. <laughs> chapter five is the throne room of heaven. And this is a vision that the apostle John sees and in the right hand of he, who's on the throne, who is Jehovah Yahweh is a scroll seal with seven seals which no one had the ability to open except Jesus why mm-hmm. because this scroll is the title deed to the earth it's a it's a legal document because it's written on inside and outside that shows it a, it's a Jewish legal document it's a title deed to the earth he breaks open the six seals that is that's documented in revelation chapter six the first four seals release the four horsemen the white horseman who, who is the uh, the antichrist the mm-hmm. um the red horseman, the second one who the people call him war, but it actually just it, it, it's not war, it's just men killing each other, spot sowing each other. That word, the Greek word for kill is spot so, which means specifically killing people as a ritual sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So it will be a massive blood sacrifice, which I think will release demonic energy. Can, that's a whole other thing. The <laughs> third horseman, the black horseman, is it called famine, and it's not a famine of scarcity, it's a famine of inflation because it says you have to work an entire day's wage to to Mm -hmm. have one piece of bread, one piece of quality bread, or three pieces of substandard bread. So it'll, it'll, so that's rampant inflation, which we know can happen easily with our our fake money that we use. Then you have the fourth (laughs) horse. It's called on a, on the green or pale horse, which is called who's called death and death destroys a fourth of the earth by war, famine, Pestilence and it says the beasts of the earth. What does beasts of the earth mean? Well, yeah, it doesn't mean that there are you know hamsters and giraffes and armadillos <laughs> going crazy and eating people. No, in remember, this was written in Greek, in Greek, mm-hmm. it means Therion gigantes. What did I say, gigantes? Men, gigantes is one of the titles of the Nephilim, Therion or beast, and all throughout Revelation, beast means a spiritual entity. The Antichrist is called the beast. So when it says uh, uh, the beast of the earth, the Therion on, he got this, that those are Nephilim. The Nephilim are going to be released because I believe those first four horsemen are not from God. They are part of a satanic deception. And I, I talk about this in detail in my revelation. Yeah,
0: that was really good they, too. <laughs> Thank you. I, I suggest everybody go over there and check that out. <laughs>
2: so this is part of a false apocalypse because Satan is trying to put up his false Christ, the antichrist. So in order to have a uh in order to have a false Christ, you have to have a false apocalypse. Mm-hmm. And part of this false apocalypse will be the Nephilim coming back and wreaking havoc and people saying save us. And then when you get to mm-hmm. the sixth seal, that's when it says the star it is a big earthquake, the stars of heaven fall down to earth. Stars of heaven is an idiom for Ain't for, for angelic, angel. beam, for beam. yeah, it's not stars, you know, because stars are huge, they're gigantic. They couldn't,
0: right? No, it's not energy. a real star like we look at them. No, no. <laughs> and they're referred angelic. to a lot, a like, yeah. in the Bible as as that, as angels, as like stars. I've noticed, so yeah, so. exactly. yeah.
2: And when they come down, I think that's what I'm getting a whole bunch of conspiracies of. I think that's what Project Bluebeam is all about because they know yes. this is going to happen. They're going to be the reason that the earth is opening up and is to release the Elohim that are imprisoned under the earth and that ones who are still have access to the heavenly realm, the spiritual realm, they're going to be cast down and they're going to be stuck here on earth in a material body. How are they going to how are they going to present themselves to the world? Project Bluebeam, aliens. They're going yeah. to say, oh we're your space brothers, we're your creators and we've come here during this important time to show you the truth
0: to save you.
2: to save yeah. you. From the previous four horsemen, and here the only thing end, that you could, the only yeah. thing
0: he can really save anybody from um, would be something that he created himself, because he That's can't exactly. save anything from the creator, because he's not stronger than the creator. Right. He's so, like he's you com- said, it's a deception. <laughs> yeah.
2: He's he's saving you from the problem he they created. They're saving he you from, from their problem they made. Yeah. Yeah. And if you go into the, into the conspiracy world, you have whether the um, the Hegelian dialectic. Where you know they create a problem, what, what what's called um, thesis, um, then synthesis or something like that. So you 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 make a you make a problem, you find a solution, and and, and you yeah and, and you you take credit for it essentially.
0: Yeah, like the government does all the time. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah exactly. That's <laughs> what you, yeah they create a yeah they create a problem and they come up with a solution that gets them closer to their bigger solution.
0: And then they t- know, t- they not- say they save us from it. So
2: right, yeah. <laughs> So I'm not going to go into do We can talk. We can. We oh, I know. 9-11. We saw it with. Yes. the Pandemic.
0: A pandemic. Oops, so my husband plan- calls plan- the pandemic. So
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: But yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: So they're coming I, and back. And I think and those were,
0: were practices and precursors for what's coming.
2: I agree completely. I think they were dress rehearsals. I think yes. 9-11 may have been a dress rehearsal for the Red Horseman. I think the economic mm-hmm. collapse we had in, in in 2008 could have been a precursor or or a dress rehearsal for the Black Horsemen. And mm-hmm. if you look at the pestilence of, what, three years ago? I've, yes. And not only was a dress rehearsal, I think it's also God saying, look, I'm giving you guys a, a little piece of this. So, so you can see what's what coming.
0: You can understand when it gets here. Yeah. Right.
2: And so yeah. I know this is called Cryptids Unlimited. And that's <laughs> another reason why I was saying that. I think that a lot of the things that we call cryptids they are some type of they appear to be and you're more of an expert on this than i am they appear to be some kind of a spiritual uh physical hybrids because they seem to display and, and some
0: of them like, tend to display some kind of um ability to dip in and out of like dimensions as as they please And yeah, and absolutely. to me i'm like that and when i started out on this journey of the cryptids i was like all this stuff is flesh and blood. It's just, you know, some kind of undiscovered, but the more I got into it and the more I got into reading the Bible and I started putting some of that stuff together, you know, like this is real things. And in some ways it fits into, well, for instance, I know, um, I know you, you, probably don't know Tony, Tony, well, you might know Tony Merkel. He's got a big, the confessionals podcast and, he has this area up around Skimwalker Ranch called Space yeah. Wolf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, they have witnessed crevices in the ground that will, big crevices like two foot wide that will open up and they can't even see down how far, how deep they are. Yeah. And like in a day or so, they're just gone. They're closed back up. But then strange things happen while they're open. And, you know, that's that's coming from under the ground.
2: There, so the Bible and the book of Enoch is even more clear on this, that when these entities were punished, they were punished and they were imprisoned and they're going to be released. That's what that's what a lot of revelation is about that people don't get there. These all these entities are going to be released back on Earth to be judged. That's why there are these earthquakes. That's why you have these. You know, if you, if you look at the the, the the seven trumpets where you like, well, they'll do the bottomless pit or the abyss, the abuso. Will release these demonic locusts. Basically, what God is doing, He's putting all the pieces onto the chessboard so they can be judged. So um, they were they were imprisoned in two places. They were imprisoned under the earth. They were imprisoned in the in the ocean, in the sea. And that's one of the reasons why you see these plagues of the seas turning to blood. This is this is part of the punishment for these spiritual entities that are imprisoned there. The Book of Enoch is very clear that these entities are, are imprisoned there. So, yeah, they're coming up out of the ground, they're coming up out of the sea, and they're coming mm-hmm. from the spiritual realm we call the air.
0: Yeah. And it's just, it, it's it's seeming to be um, actually headed towards some kind of cataclysm, because you used to hear a few things that were odd that happened here and there, and and now you're hearing them all the time. You're hearing so, weird things happening constantly, and yeah. it's just it's just crazy because I've heard yeah. some of the things that um, were predicted. Like, um, for instance, the Euphrates is drying up.
1: Hmm. Is it?
0: And I know, yes, the Euphrates hmm. is drying up. And there was another place in the Bible that said he would spring forth water in the deserts.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Did you know that there are there's water that's just spraying up out of nowhere in the deserts right now?
2: I, I just checked it out. I didn't know. Yeah, that's, I know.
0: And that's crazy. You know, I'm like, yeah. okay, are people noticing yeah. this stuff? Is it, is it just me, or is everybody seeing this stuff, you know?
2: And, and do they know the spiritual aspects behind it? Because the you, you mentioned the you Euphrates, and you're correct. Like, it, it, at, at the end times, actually, I'm um, at the Battle of uh of Armageddon, not, to, not to, before Armageddon, when, when uh, one of the bowls of wrath are, are poured out in, in chapter 16, one of them is, oh, the river Euphrates is dried up to make way for the kings of the east, or the kings of the rising sun. So some people have tried to make that, oops, excuse me. I, sorry, sorry about that. Oh, yeah, I, meant to, <laughs> I meant to turn that off. Okay, sorry, phone. Um,
0: <laughs> it's okay. So sorry.
2: Um, but let me, I'm just turning my ringer off completely now. So. That, So some people try to make that secular saying, well, this is drying up the river Euphrates and the Kings of the East is is China. It's it's so China can invade the Middle East. Well, that doesn't make any sense. China doesn't need to cross the river Euphrates Mm -mm. to invade the Middle East. We have planes and boats.
0: Yeah. China could do it right now if they wanted to. Of course
2: they could. And the river Euphrates itself, you say it's drying up, which is, I I, I have no reason not to believe y'all. I'm going to check into that. But if you look at it. That's just what I've been
0: hearing from different places. People are saying that, that it's starting to dry up, which, you know, Hey. Makes me well, wonder. It's not,
2: that it, it's not that impressive of a river. I mean, it's it's you know, it's fine, but it's not like the Nile or the Amazon or even the Mississippi. Yeah. So it's not physical, it's spiritual. The river Euphrates is where certain angels were bound.
0: Bound, certain yes. of them
2: were bound there. So it drying up does not just mean it's going to, you know, it's gonna make irrigation tough. What it really <laughs> means is that they're releasing these entities that are bound in that mm-hmm. river. So we have to look at it from a spiritual standpoint, not just a physical.
0: And, you know, there have been people reported that they have put recordings down into um, some kind of caves or openings near the Euphrates. And there are weird moaning sounds that come out of there, I've which is really that. interesting to me. Have you heard of that? That's really interesting.
2: I've heard of that. I've also heard I had I heard a story from I, I can't remember. I can't remember the podcast it was on. But again, th- that area is, is Iraq. You know, I, that's that's where modern day Iraq is. And there was a, a man who was who was he was a, a military man. He was in, um, in that area during the Gulf War, the Second Gulf War, and they were they found an underground chamber, and this big giant came out. And they said he was just foul smelling. He was terrible, but they were they were scared to death. But they shot it and they, and they killed it. But but they heard oh, those it's, men. You might have heard about is this. That, it's a very famous um,
0: story. Yes, that the giant of um Kandahar. What is the name? Kandahar, Kandahar yes. giant. Exactly. Yes, yes,
2: yeah, that's what it's called.
0: I have heard yeah. of that,
2: and that's that area because that area. I mean, that is where the Euphrates is. That's where Babel was. The plains of Shinar, where Nimrod, um, you know, had the Tower of Babel built. It's where Nebuchadnezzar. Well, so there's a very there's significant spiritual importance to that area.
0: Yes. And from my understanding Nimrod was a man but chose to become a Nephilim in some way in some manner.
2: The Bible said that Nimrod began to become a mighty one. He began to become a gibberim. Gibberim is one of the titles of a Nephilim in Genesis chapter 6. I think and I think Egypt, in either chapter 10 or 11 is where it says he became he became a gibberim. He was altered. He
0: I mean how was he how did he do that? I believe I mean, that. You
2: know? <laughs> I don't know exactly. I can give you exact science behind it, but but what it but what, what it sounds like is that he voluntarily allowed the Elohim to alter him genetically. Now, there's some some who say he was born a Nephilim, but I don't. It, the Bible doesn't really say that because no. um, his wife, Sem- Semiramis, is is theorized that she was also his mother. Uh yeah, gross. Yeah, which is gross. Quite. <laughs> 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 but um, it, it, so, so she was married to his father, to his, his father, um, uh, Cush, Cush was the father of Nimrod. And you're saying that, no, that so that maybe that she had intercourse with an fallen angel and she fallen Elohim and she had, but it looks like he became one that he allowed herself to be altered. And he, uh, he was altered into becoming that now. So that's some genetic experimentation that we still, we see to this day with the whole alien phenomenon, People yeah. who were abducted by aliens, they will tell you that they were genetically manipulated. They, they Either their egg or their sperm was taken mm-hmm. from them, and things were done there. And, and from what I understand,
0: Christians aren't the ones being abducted.
2: I've heard that many times, that Christians cannot be abducted. And the mm-hmm. people who are abducted, some of them have some type of background in the occult, either directly yeah. or tacitly. Maybe they were messing around with it. Or they're they're just very much into it. You cannot be possessed by a demon without your tacit permission, right? And a Christian cannot be at all because a Christian has a Holy Spirit inside of them, so t- they're already occupied, and, right? And no, and they, and and, and no demon is going to overpower the Holy Spirit. So a Christian cannot be possessed by a demon. A demon, by the way, just to be clear, is not the same as a fallen angel. A demon right. is the spirit of a dead nephilim.
0: Yes, the, a disembodied which, spirit of the Nephilim,
2: right. Yes. Yeah. yeah, Jesus called them unclean spirits. They are spirits that were cursed to wander the earth until the time of the final judgment. That's why when I mean, Jesus was mm-hmm. went to the um to uh the demoniac at I think it was at um accessory of Philippi, I believe, that he confronted Jesus and said, Hey, wh- why are you here? Are you here to punish us, torment us before the time? So they knew that there was a time they would deserve torment, and they, they yeah. knew that Jesus was early. So that's important to um, uh, to to note.
0: And something else that's important to note, while I got you here, people seem yeah. to think, like for instance, the the pandemic, the mm-hmm. uh, the the vaccine that they came up with, people tended to think just because it had the luciferase and the luciferin, which were in it, mm-hmm. which derived from fireflies, which you know they used as different. I I don't know, some kind of uh, uh, compounds in it that they thought that that was the mark of the beast. And I know you say there's no way to take the mark of the beast accidentally. And that's what I want everybody to understand, too.
2: Yes. Yes. So two things. One, the vaccine vaccine. The, the injection alcoholics wasn't because vaccine vaccine prevents diseases and even they I know, right. even the <laughs> will, will tell you that it does not prevent anything. It just allegedly makes the symptoms less. Anyway, the it actually causes
0: blood clots and kills you. But we'll go. We'll, 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 that's another I, story.
2: Yeah, that's we can get off on a rabbit trail on that. But <laughs> suffice to say that it was not the mark of the beast for a couple reasons. reasons. Uh, number one, the Antichrist isn't here. So you're not going to, there's no, there's no antichrist. I mean, there's no mark of the beast until the antichrist has at least been on his pedestal for three and a half years. Secondly, the mark of the beast is an effect. The cause is worship. You take the mark of the beast as a, as a, a, an indicator that you're worshiping this entity. So you will not take it by accident. And I know people who, Christians who have been scared to death have taken it by accident. My own grandmother, God rest her soul, she passed away about a decade ago. She thought, you know, coming up that, you know, that uh, the that ATM cards were mark of the beast. Why? Because you know it, it's it's electronic. You have to use it. You use it. you have you can't buy or sell without it. So she thought that that was a precursor to. it. Well, or some the people internet. thought it was a
0: social security card. So yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Or or the UPC symbols because they are they're in sets of sixes on the, the mm-hmm. when you scan your groceries or whatever in the store. No, it's about worship. So don't focus on the material aspect. People focus on the you can't buy or sell. No, no, no. It's spiritual. You have to. Yeah. You have to. You worship Him, and and then you get the mark. And I want to say this also. I believe, and this is in my Revelation series. I believe that the mark of the beast is not just a tattoo or microchip. The mark of the beast, I believe, is going to alter your DNA.
0: Yes, I do too.
2: A a receptive host for the Nephilim. Nephilim, I do too.
0: And I can only think that that's the only reason that people can't die during that time too, because. (laughs) <laughs> the only
2: reason the only reason you would be because that that's one of the verses because I, I say readily that I don't understand everything in revelation. I explain what I do know, but there are a couple of areas that flummox me, and one of them is the inability to die with mm-hmm. the fifth trumpet. It says, man will seek to die and will not be able to. he will he will desire yes. death and death will flee from him. Well, if you want to die, how can you how can you stop me from throwing myself off a building if I just want to die, shooting yes. myself in the face? Well, I think one way to keep from dying is if you're not in control of your body. Or you're no longer totally human. Right. You're not totally (laughs) human. And and someone else is is driving and you're just kind of a passenger. Mm -hmm. Right. You may want to die, but you can't. So so I believe that, and and I get this, I, I got this premise from the work of another researcher by the name of L.A. Marzulli, who... He, he went to someone who had been a multiple abductee who had a little thing in his neck, a little implant. Mm-hmm. They took the implant out. They put it in a Petri dish with blood and that thing started growing. And oh, wow. Marzuli asked, asked the doctor who did the experiment. He said, what's happening with this thing? He says, well, you know, it's changing the DNA of the blood. Oh my gosh. It was changing because it, it was the blood of this man. It wasn't just any blood. They put it into a Petri dish with the blood of the man they took it out of and it started growing little tendrils. And there's video of this. I mean, if you want to uh, Google, if your listeners want to Google L.A. Marzulli alien implant, they'll see this. It was, wow. it was altering his blood DNA. And if it alters your DNA, it can make you something that's not human, which is also why the Bible can say that if you take this mark, you are no longer eligible for, for salvation because you're no longer human. Salvation, yeah. Jesus only died for human beings. If you're something that's other right. than human, that's the only way it makes sense that you can't Mm -hmm. say, oh, I I took the mark of the beast. I changed my mind. God, I want to be with you now. You're not human anymore.
0: No, this is, and I don't think at that time, there's probably any humans left here at that time. uh,
2: And that's why God can justly pour out all of his wrath. Because the question would be like, why do, let's say the tribulation happens tomorrow. And so in seven years or six or seven years after that, um, the bowls of wrath happen. Well, what is, why is this generation get all of it? You know, there've been bad people in the past. Well, because like you said, I think there are no more humans left. And Jehovah, God does not like judging people. I want to make that really clear because some people have this impression that the God of the the God in the Old Testament just loved raining down fire and brimstone. I disagree. I think judging people is the God's least favorite thing to do. He wants to get it over with and be done with it so he can do what he really wants, which is to have us dwell with him for eternity. Yes. Yeah. And he is there, the the bowls of wrath are to judge spiritual evil. And that's why there's, I don't think there are any pure humans left, except for the remnant of Israel, which is protected at this time uh, up until Armageddon. Right. I go over that in detail in my Revelation series.
0: Yes. um, But going back to the uh, injection, I do believe that was a precursor. I do believe that was teaching us something right there. MRNA. And that everybody, yeah, and everybody should really pay attention to that.
2: Yeah, it was right there, and this is why I, I'm, I'm about to get banned from YouTube because every time I say this, <laughs> I get a strike against me, and, and I'm only saying what the Pfizer and and Moderna say themselves. It, 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 mRNA is it goes into your cell. And it literally alters your genetic material to create, allegedly create this spike protein, if that's what actually happens, which whether it happens or not, they've said themselves, it will, it's a messenger mRNA, messenger RNA. It goes into your, into the nucleus of your cells and alters it so that it forces to create this spike protein. It's altering your DNA. It it does say that. And when I was,
0: yeah. yeah, when I was reading about the vaccine being developed, from the the government website when it was first being developed, it talked about how it, it cloned your DNA. Mm-hmm. So if it's cloning DNA, it's changing it. It's changing you know, it. there's there's no way around that. But that's what it said it was doing. So you're right. It yeah, didn't I'm say
1: getting, that. I get
2: <laughs> strikes against me in advance. I'm I'm only saying what they say. I'm not. I didn't make this up. I No, I
0: read, read it on. Website. I read it on their government website where they were yeah. creating the vaccine at the time. Yeah. So you're right about that.
1: Yeah, so don't ban. You
0: know,
2: ban Moderna. They're the ones saying it for real.
0: Ban Pfizer. It's their fault. Ban Ban the government because it was their website I got it off of. Exactly. (laughs) Oh my gosh! But you know what? People believe what they're told, and you say something—the least little bitty thing—that they that they i say quote they don't want you knowing about you will get banned and quickly and i know a few people who've and they've told the truth but they've been banned because it's not the truth that they won't know
2: yeah that's why i started my rumble channel because i was not only did i get strikes against me i also noticed that my views started going down i know more people are watching me than i'm seeing on my youtube views because I, because I, I get you know reactions and people comment, which I appreciate. If you, if you, I love comments. If you have comments, questions, please send them to me. I love talking and answering and interacting with people. But the point is, I'm like, I know I'm getting more than this. I think I think we mm-hmm. call that being shadow banned. Shadow banned, yes. Yeah. I mean, and again, I don't, I don't do this for money. I have a job. I don't, you know, I, I don't need any extra money for YouTube. I'm doing from YouTube. I'm doing this because it's just in my heart. It's my passion to do so i'm not right. trying to make a living off See, that's it. the
0: way i am i'm like ban me if you want to because i'm actually for the truth i'm actually yeah. out there for the truth and and ban me if you want to i got my own website so you, yeah, can't, I mean, ban- you can't ban me from there
2: <laughs> exactly yeah i have so yeah i may get banned off the video but every one of my on my own faithbyreason.net i also have the podcast it's just audio mm-hmm. so even if i get I banned do. off the video channels you can always just listen to the podcast because i actually listen and i'd
0: rather just listen anyways you know i can go about my business cleaning my house or doing whatever and i'm listening you know same with me i go out
2: i I do i hike or jog every morning and i just have i have a podcast in my ears so i I, Mm -hmm. I, that's how i do it too but some people like videos and you know some people are more visual learners which i appreciate but yeah so that's why i do both but you know i'll always have an outlet and just by the way you mentioned clones i think i may if you've read my Revelation series, I, I think I yes. mentioned that. The, I believe did, the Antichrist yes. is, going to be a, is going to be cloned. When they say the image of the beast, is, is most Christian uh, teachers will say, well, they're going to make a statue that walks and talks. Like I'm like, okay, they could do that. But is that oh. really that impressive? Maybe 100 mm-hmm. years ago, a walking, talking statue would impress people. But today with our, no. that, with our special effects and no, no, no. That term image of the beast means a representative or a copy
0: uh, it's gonna be a clone.
2: <laughs> it's gonna be a clone. And we know yeah. that because it says that the false prophet, he after the antichrist suffers his mortal wound, mortal means dead. He's he gets killed. But he's res. he comes back to life as a clone.
0: And but he won't be him anymore it. because no,
2: spirit is I, I, something
0: that, that can't be created.
2: No, yeah, I believe in be the spirit of one God.
0: Yeah, think I think be it'll be a, a demon will probably. Yeah inhabit that body because you can't just put you can't just put a clone out there and it lives it's got to no. be inhabited by something
2: right that's why you know we, we, we cloned the sheep dolly way back in the 80s yes so the, the technology exists but you cannot clone a spirit so that spirit i believe again will be the demon the nephilim dead nephilim nimrod because of, of what's said in uh, in chapter 17 well it, it describes the the it says the the antichrist or this beast had, you know, seven heads and ten horns. It says the beast was, is not, and yet is. So that means he was, he existed. He is not, he's not currently there. He still is, he exists in some, he exists in some form, but he's not currently on the earth. Mm-hmm. And it also says that that beast, the seven heads, it says are seven mountains or seven empires, seven governments that have existed for the duration of the world. And those seven, you know, begin with, with, um, Uh, You have the different empires of of Egypt, of of Assyria, Babylon, under Nimrod, uh, uh, Medo-Persia, Greece, and Rome. It says the eighth is of the seven, or the source of the seven. It goes into perdition. What is the source of all world empires? The source was the first. Nimrod was the first empire. So the beast is Nimrod. And I believe that Nimrod will be, he's the, he comes out of the bottomless pit, that's where he's imprisoned, and he will inhabit this cloned body of the Antichrist. And that's why the false prophet instructs people to worship the image of the beast. Why, why are they no longer worshiping the beast? Why are they worshiping the image? Because the beast is dead. His yeah. clone is now alive, and his clone is inhabited by Nimrod. And again, i that's a lot, but I, do look at my series on the Antichrist. Yeah, um, on yeah, my, on, my YouTube on and,
0: Revelation, and, yeah that yeah I, I would suggest everybody go over to faithbyreason.net and you can find it on there he does a whole series on revelation and it it, it really all of it makes sense and all of it makes more sense than just trying to read it on your own or listen to a lot of preachers that won't go into the supernatural or don't look at it as um what's written they, they try to use it as, well, that's just symbolizing something else. And right. no, I think it's just what it says, unless there's a reason for it to be some kind of symbolism. And and you go into that really well. And I, I really enjoyed your series on that.
2: Thank you. Well, a lot of people want to make it contemporary or want to make it physical. They'll say, well, this this represents Russia. This represents China. This represents, you know, whatever. Well, that's, that only works if, if it happens within – within the next 100 years because 200 years ago Russia was not that wasn't very significant neither was China China was a backwater mm-hmm. nation up until about the 1950s Russia was you know a backwater nation up until the 40s and who knows 100 years from now i mean i think we're we're in the final stages but i could be wrong but let's say we uh, let's say i'm wrong and we're around for another 500 years russia the us china may not even be in an empire
0: I don't think we'll be around that much longer but <laughs> i
2: don't either i, I don't either. i truly don't but i don't. I, I don't want to, i don't want to be dogmatic and say we're i i really truly believe that thing you, you mentioned before things are happening the euphrates drying up um, people hearing these voices the alien stuff is happening more and more things are accelerating yes. and i need mean to bring it up because jesus himself in matthew 24 where he gives up his private briefing to his inner circle of disciples when they come to him and they say because he was talk, he was talking about how the temple will be destroyed and all these things are going to happen and three of them came to him and they said you know master rabbi, rabbi and I, tell us what will when will these things happen what will be the sign of the of your return and of the end and among many things Jesus says that it will be like birth pangs now i don't know if, if you're a mother but I, my wife obviously has have two kids her I have birth no pang, <laughs> okay awesome so, so you know this yes. birth pangs, they start off You know, slowly you'll have a contraction, then you have a contraction an hour later. Mm -hmm. Then as you get closer, those contractions get closer and closer together.
0: closer together. Yes.
2: My wife went into labor. She was still at work when she was in labor and she was like, okay, I'm having a contraction every two hours. Then she said, okay, I think I'm giving birth. I I think I'm I'm going into labor. So we went there. Then she'd have a contraction every hour, then every half hour, then every 10 minutes and every five minutes. And then as we got the actual birth, as you know, it was happening just like that. Yes. Basically, what that means is that things are going to accelerate. You're going to have yes. bad things happen in long periods between them. Then as you get closer to the end, they're going to be happening, accelerating faster and faster. And I think that's what's happening now.
0: I do too. I think they're doing that now. And and people need to wake up and pay attention and yeah. and start viewing your Bible as what it is and not what you want it to be or what your pastor wants it to be because there's so many out there that twist it and turn it and, and, and some that won't even tell you what's really going on, but there is a spiritual war that's going on right now behind everybody. And most people are not even seeing it because they don't know about it.
2: We want to be, and comfortable. That's sad. We, want to, we, we want to have our money and our house and our cars and our spouse and our kids with nothing wrong with that. I want to say, I, like I said before, I, I have, I like, I have a very nice house. I have a lovely wife and children. I have a car. I have a couple of cars. I'm happy with my life is fine, but that's, I'm not, that's going to be another 30 years. And I'm going to, I may be gone from this world, but my spirit is eternal. Focus on the spiritual. Focus on yes. getting to know who Jehovah is, who Yahweh, who the God of the Bible is. That is what's most important. And then ask yourself, what does he want from you? Ask him, what does he want from you? because that's what's really going to matter in eternity is not stuff. It's not Mm -hmm. material things. It's fine to enjoy them. Nothing wrong with enjoying nice things, but that should not be your focus. Focus on the spiritual. What's going on behind the scenes. Don't worry about Democrats and Republicans. That's nonsense. Ask Mm -hmm. why are they doing these things? Why are they trying, why are they breaking down our families? Why are they introducing all this spiritual nonsense? into mm-hmm. into our worlds why are they telling us that a man can be a woman and vice versa oh my gosh,
1: why yes. are they
2: why are they why are they trying to destroy our the things that make us spiritually enlightened and, and spiritually functioning why are they trying to drag us down with all this negative energy it's mm-hmm. not a physical battle it's not a physical mm-hmm. war These elites, they don't want money. They have all the money in the world. They don't want property and everything. Mm -mm. They are trying to destroy us spiritually. Yes. And that's what we need to focus on and understand.
0: Pray for discernment. That's what I always do. Pray for discernment. Well, I appreciate you coming on. I know it's, I've run a little bit over what I normally do, but that's okay. It's been really interesting. And again, I tell everybody, go over to faithbyreason.net and I'm going to put a little link at the on the show so that everybody will have it and I sure appreciate you coming back on. I know we did this once and the sound wasn't <laughs> good. And-
2: <laughs> yeah, thank you for having me back. I, yeah, yeah. Apologize for the sound being bad. That was that was That's my fault. Okay. I I think I had some issues going on, but I think it it sounds good now. Hopefully it will still it sound Sounds good excellent. Yes. <laughs> so it was my pleasure well, I, to be
1: on the you. I appreciate you, you so coming much. back.
0: So, yes, yeah. thank you. Thank you very much and God bless you and you Good night, everybody.
1: Stand up, look back The ashes fall behind me all around I walk through the fire The past is fading in the background I never knew that I could fly After my wings got broken I never thought I'd reach this high On the other side